the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We're back for hour two at 605. Randy Corcoran, 303-696-1971. 606-303-696-1971. Biden moment. What can I say? And, man, that piece of audio from Biden lying about uh, the evidence for his son. Maybe I should just play it again since people join and come and go. It's very short, but uh, listen to this. Text so messages you think that crazy. everything that happened was kosher? You know there's not one single bit of evidence, not one little tiny bit, to suggest anything dumb was wrong. You know that, but you keep asking me these questions. It's okay. He, you, know, you're, you're, you know, you're doing what you have to do, but I'm not worried about it. Look, the American public knows me. Yeah. Liar, plagiarizer, child sniffer, daughter showerer, fading, creepy, sleepy. Public knows him. That is for sure. But the text messages, man, he was wagging his effing finger and saying there was no evidence because he thought no one could find it. He thought they had covered their tracks. It would take a decade to uncover. And isn't that the truth? Do you remember this little snippet on the campaign trail, Biden, uh, in Iowa? Iowa's kind of front and center because of the Lincoln Day dinner and, and all of the candidates were there yesterday. I've got some questions about that we'll get to in a minute in case you saw it, since I did not. But do you remember Biden attacking this Iowa farmer? who dared to ask him about his son, about the the money to uh, the barisma and all of that. Remember this one? But you, on the other hand, sent your son over there to get a job and work for a gas company that he had no experience with gas or nothing in order to get access for the, to, for the president. So you're... You're selling access to the president just like he was. So you you're a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has proved that. I no. see it on the TV. You see it on the TV. No, I know you do. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. And I can get things done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape on. Let's do push-ups together here, man. Let's do. Let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Let's take an IQ test. Okay? All right. Number one. Number two. Number two. No one has said my son has done anything wrong, and I did not on any occasion. And no one has ever said it. Not I one. didn't say you were doing anything wrong. You I said, said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Isn't that what you said? Get your word straight, Jack. Hunter Biden <laughs> came under scrutiny for making tens of thousands of dollars a month on the board of a Ukrainian gas company while his father was still vice president. But there's been no evidence of any wrongdoing by either Biden. No evidence of any wrongdoing by either Biden. Remember, the uh, the story was that Biden wasn't around during the phone calls. Then we get the, the text messages. There are recordings out there. My dad, he's sitting right here. You don't want to cross my dad. 
the corruption is just in your face and the cover up by the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat controlled media machine. So obvious to so many. I forgot to mention this during the Trump rally. We had one of those news breaks. And Blake and I were laughing at it because we had the Trump rally on the TV here. CBS said Donald Trump is addressing his followers in front of a crowd of 4,000. 4,000. Blake was Blake's no Trump lover or anything like that. He was just cracking up because it is such a flat out lie. I've noticed, too, I've been trying to listen to the station more. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get back into just normalcy in my life. And that includes trying to check in on the shows and see what everybody's talking about, see what listeners are talking about, what events are coming up. And, you know, just try and be part of the family again a little bit. And so I got to hear some of our CBS news last week. And they're very careful to refer to President Obama, but former President Trump. And I don't know that it happens every time, obviously. I don't know if it's just one reporter or a couple of reporters or newscasters that do that. But it was just so blatant. I, I started listening for it. And it was absolutely true. You get the heat propaganda comments. Like, this is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's the hottest the earth has ever been for 6,000 years. And 6,000 years ago, well, now, if you're a Genesis follower, then the earth was just starting to cool since God had just made it. If you were following the science 6,000 years ago, there were no man-made pollutants leading to heat. And now, now the news is talking about bringing on reporters that say that the heat wave is impacting people of color worse than it is other people. Just constantly stoking racial divisions, focusing on crime if there's a, uh, a black person who is injured by a white person or especially a white cop. Oh, my God. But when a, a group of black people just beat the holy crap out of a white immigrant taxi driver in New York, no coverage at all. Man still in the hospital with a concussion and all kinds of injuries, 60 plus years old, just driving his cab. The propaganda is so intense, so ugly. I, how much time do I? I've still got some time here. There is, I started talking about the Turning Point Action event that I was at two weeks ago, and it really, I'm really glad I went because, you know, it, there are rocky moments in everything I do right now, but getting drawn back into conversation, seeing youthful enthusiasm and energy and brilliance. I mean, educated young people who don't buy into all of the nonsense from from their colleges or now even their elementary and, and junior high or as the modern kids call it, middle school or high school propagandists. And it's just so refreshing and inspiring, and it helps, you know, kind of get me back on the road to to doing battle for the things we need to accomplish over the next few years for our kids and their kids. And Tucker Carlson was there, and Blake had gotten this all ready for me last week. I never used it. Uh, but let's let's spend just a couple of minutes in the time we have left before this first break to spend um, to listen to Tucker, because... He was just phenomenal. First of all, Tucker on Donald Trump. 
I, you know, I think looking back on this 10 years from now, assuming we're still around, uh, I think we're going to see Trump's emergence as as the most significant thing to happen in American politics in 100 years because he reoriented the Republican Party um, against the wishes of Republican leaders. Uh, but when I think about Trump right now, so it's July of 2023, you know, I'm struck by his foreign policy views. You know, Trump is the only person um, with stature in the Republican Party, really, who's saying, wait a second, you know, why are we supporting an endless war in Ukraine? And that, you know, leaving aside whether Trump's going to get the nomination or get elected president or would be a good president, you know, I can't even assess that. All I can say at this point is I'm so grateful that he has that position. He's right. And everyone in Washington's wrong. Everyone. Mm. And Trump is right on that question. And it's a big question. That war is reshaping the world. It's reshaping the economy of the world. It's reshaping populations. The ref- I mean, I was just in Romania last week, you know, which is, of course, shares a border with Ukraine. It, the, the refugees in that region, the number of people killed in that war. I mean, Europe will never be the same because of this war. And it really matters. And Trump alone among popular figures in both parties understands that. And I'm grateful for it. Whether he gets the nomination or gets elected, you know, words really matter. Saying something true out loud matters. And he is saying true things about Ukraine and God bless him. That's how I feel. And that was not at turning point, but I just thought it was very significant because um, Donald Trump did turn the Republican Party on its ear. He did go against the old guard leadership, and that's happening in Republican parties around the country, including right here in Colorado. And it's refreshing. I love it. It's exciting. Energy is back. Uh, big money donors aren't back yet. Going to have to find a way around that. But the enthusiasm, the energy, the the feeling that maybe a difference can get made is real. It's palpable. And Donald Trump took all of those so-called leaders on all by himself. You know, Mitch McConnell is obviously he's not well now and he fell and he hurt himself. And, you know, don't wish anybody even even creepy, sleepy, showery Joe should just be put into a rest home someplace where he can live out his life and drool and and maybe look at kitty porn or whatever. I don't know. But um, no, there's too many victims involved there. That that wasn't even funny. But um they're 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 beaten. They're beaten down. Mitt Romney is talking about what the Republican, how the lower echelon Republican candidates need to get out of the race and throw their support behind somebody who can take on Trump. He's still whining and crying and rubbing his little backside over the fact that he wasn't appointed secretary of state. Remember, he after trashing Trump, he begged him and Trump took the dinner. And there's that sort of dark, ominous photograph of the two of them at dinner talking it over. And he didn't appoint you, Mitt. And you can't forgive him for it. But just people who have no and Mitt Romney's another classic example Has he even read the Republican platform? Does he even care what actual Republicans, the people who send in the small checks and do the groundwork and and set up, you know, their precincts and, and knock on doors and make phone calls? Does he even care what they think or what we believe? Absolutely not. 
And what Tucker said there was just so profound. Donald Trump has reshaped the Republican Party. And, you know, it, it could fade. It could die. Uh, they're trying to make it sound like that's what's happening. All these crazy MAGA people are stepping in and taking over. Look what's happening. And that's because everybody from the old guard is standing in the way. And using their platforms to criticize and to shout down and to, uh, you know, they don't like the term rhino or old guard or establishment or any of those kinds of words. But, of course, we're the crazies, the insane ones, the the cultists, all of those uh, fun words that get tossed about. Politics is a blood sport. If you're not tough enough, you shouldn't be involved at all. And if it's name calling that puts you off or throws you out, um, you know, don't let the door hit you in the backside on the way. But it's more than just a battle for positioning within a political party. Uh, politics is no longer about may the best ideas win, who can run the cleanest campaign, who can get, you know, some popular support and and how can we advance the agenda a little bit? Politics is now about whether America will continue as the freest, most secure, most prosperous country in the world or not. Joe Biden has put us in desperate straits militarily by sending our stockpiles to Ukraine and then announcing it to the world. Oh, we're almost out of ammo. Hmm. So please don't attack us now. I think uh, that's part of uh, that was part of Trump's speech at Turning Point Action, that that was likely classified information that the brain dying putative president of the United States let leak out. Why would you tell your enemies? Why would you tell the world that you're low on weaponry? Why would you send it off to a foreign country? And leave yourself vulnerable because you want to see the country fall. Why would you invite George Soros's son into the White House over and over and over? Tucker Carlson is definitely on to I mean, he's he's got the goods on the Republican Party and he literally, literally ended Mike Pence's political career. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President. Have you? I know you're running for president. You are distressed. You. you are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Yeah. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States, right. and it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. Tucker, I've heard that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. You don't come back from that. I uh, I have a, a, f- a friend on the uh, Vivek Ramaswamy campaign. Vivek, I think, is how it's pronounced. Ramaswamy. 
Still haven't met him, and imagine that's going to happen soon. But um, uh, she she said she she made a comment about Mike Pence that he looked like he didn't want to be on stage at that Lincoln Day dinner in Iowa last night, and I so I went and watched a couple of minutes of it, a clip of it, and literally he looks he looks constipated. He looks like Tucker's boot is still stuck up inside there someplace. Uh, he looks very, very uncomfortable. But Tucker is just exposing uh, him. He, he shot himself in the foot. He ended his own political career back on January 6th because he did not act with integrity. This was not, there was not an effort to usurp the Constitution or overthrow the government or a refusal to step down from power on January 6th. It was a perfectly legal constitutional challenge to electoral college votes that but for the rioting that occurred and the jury's still out given all that we know all that the fbi won't tell about all the people that they had on the ground on january 6th the jury's still out who really i mean we know what uh, certain activists and rabble rousers did that day went on the XB, uh, XBI, the FBI's most wanted list. Uh, anybody remember a guy named Ray Epps? We know what he was doing that day. We've played the video dozens of times here on this show. But but for those riots, whatever the cause, and, you know, riot is even a bit strong when you compare that to what was going on in downtown Denver or police stations being burned or all of the Black Lives Matter terror and destruction during the summer of hell. Riot is even a bit strong. And I do not condone violence on January 6th. I do not condone property damage or any efforts to push back on the police. That was inappropriate. People should be punished, but they should have had fair trials, fair uh, bail, fair sentencing. And none of that has happened. More of the two tiered justice system. But for that day, that swarming of the Capitol, whatever the cause, there would have been a legal and orderly effort to challenge the Electoral College ballots. For the first time, Democrats have called for that vote repeatedly during Trump elections, during uh, John Kerry's effort to dethrone George W. Bush. Multiple years, you can play the recordings of Democrats challenging the Electoral College votes. It was a legal process. But for the first time, maybe in history, I don't remember if that's true or not. For the first time in modern history, what you need is a, a representative from the House and a senator to sustain or not, not to sustain the vote, but to second the request, the challenge to the Electoral College votes. And they had it. Ted Cruz was the senator that seconded, seconded the request from the House. And then the job of Mike Pence was to send each individual chamber back into their committees to look at these requests. The states, several states had made requests. We are unsure about our electoral college vote counts. We would like time to investigate. Mike Pence had the authority not to flip the election. That's such a lie. But to postpone the counting of the votes on that day. 
And the left knew that there was a senator and a representative willing to move that forward. They knew that there were serious questions in multiple states that had not been examined yet. They knew that multiple laws had been violated. Constitutions had been violated. Laws had been changed by people with no authority to change them, all using COVID as the excuse. All of those things were lining up. Didn't Doesn't mean that Donald Trump would have won the presidency, but on the other hand, 40,000 votes, 40,000 individual popular votes. Popular is the wrong word because it's not a popular vote. 40,000 of the votes nationwide out of those theoretically 160 million people who voted, if you believe the numbers, 40,000. They were terrified that it was going to go through. And Mike Pence turned tail and ran because of the violence. That was the excuse. He also had this whole legal brief that had been presented to him about what he could and couldn't do. And he never shared it with his boss, the president of the United States. They never got together and talked about it. They never discussed it. Mike Pence ended his political career, in my opinion, on January 6th. But Tucker Carlson put the nail in the coffin, the foot up the butt. No, I shouldn't have said it that way. It's just a picture I can't quite, quite grasp. But Mike has looked constipated ever since, so draw your own conclusions. Anyway, I know we're way late on the break, so let's do that right now. You're listening to Wake Up with Randy Corcoran on 710 KNUS. I like that song so much that uh, took three parts of it for bumper music tonight. And uh, just wait, it's Marmalade from 1969, Reflections of My Life. But just wait till you hear the guitar solo in that third piece. Isn't that, doesn't that rock? Did you enjoy that when you put that together? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Can't beat a good guitar solo. Yeah, it's good. And uh, definitely a different music set for me. Um, lately, I've been seeking out different music, and that's kind of being reflected here. On the show, but uh, but I hope you enjoy it. There's some beautiful stuff, and it uh, it does continue to make me feel good. I um, text messages are coming in. Edie on my phone writes that uh, we were talking about CBS earlier, and just the propaganda. It's it's racial, and then it's climate change, and then it's Mr. Trump. She said they also call the president Mr. Trump on several occasions on CBS. It's always President Obama when I've heard it. Uh, but it's former President Trump, and Edie says, Mr. Trump. Unbelievable. From the text-to-studio app, two and a half years later, they're still finding capital trespassers, but they can't figure out who left the coke in the White House or who left the bombs at the Democrat and Republican headquarters, even though they've got video. Unbelievable. Um, this is Related to our seven o'clock guest, Dave Williams, Colorado State GOP chairman, Amendment 7, Joan writes in, some bonus members are complaining about the rule change number seven rigging the SCC election. That's the state central committee election. So I did find on one of the breaks the uh, amendment. And let me just see if I've still. Yeah, it's very short. 
this known as the Bonniewell Amendment from our old friend Chuck Bonniewell, former host here with his wife, Julie Hayden, on 710K in U.S. This is an amend- amendment to uh, Rule 7. Amendment, or I'm sorry, this is Amendment 7 to Article 8, Voting and Proxies of the Colorado State GOP Bylaws. And here's what it says. Where a state statute requires an approval of at least 70% or more of the total membership of the party's state central committee to approve an action, the failure to submit a ballot by a central committee voting member shall be deemed for all purposes to be a vote in the affirmative on the approval proposed action. Very interesting. And Dave sent out a subsequent email that I saw while I was looking this up where uh, that amendment is going to be amended to make sure that it's clear that it only applies to this uh, September vote that we will be taking as a Republican Central Committee on whether to opt out of the open primary. And so... The 70% comes from the fact that the statute that virtually makes it impossible to opt out because the threshold is so high, um, and that's 75%. This says anything that when a statute requires more than 70% of the total membership. By the way, I don't know of any other provision, state statute or anything pertinent to Republican or Democrat party bylaws that requires a 75% threshold that was made impossibly high. And it's, again, it's not 75%, you know, this three-quarter supermajority of the people present. It's of the entire voting membership. So this is just saying, in a situation where the threshold is so high, this one particular state-mandated issue... If you don't come, rather than just having that count against the 75%, we're going to have it count as a vote in the affirmative. So if you're a no vote and it matters to you, you could just send a proxy if you can't be there. But then your vote is counted. By simply staying away, you can't kill the thing. And uh, I'm guessing that's some of the reasoning that we're going to hear. I'll be interested to hear what some of the complaints about it have been. 303-696-1971, if you are a voting member or have been talking to them and know what the issues are. But uh, Dave Williams will be here, and we will dig into that further um, starting at 7 o'clock. Again, 303-696-1971. I've been loving this Tucker stuff, and uh, he was absolutely amazing at the... um, at the uh, turning point action. I always like, I always think um, Charlie Kirk and turning point, but you got to distinguish between that and turning point action, political arms, the type of corporation that they have set up, nonprofit, et cetera. But um, Tucker, I don't know. He spoke for probably 35 or 40 minutes. I couldn't tell if he had notes. He certainly was not on a teleprompter, but at the very end, This was absolutely hilarious. Someone from the audience um, shouted out, what about the Coke at the White House? What about the Coke at the White House? And completely unexpected. And Tucker 
took off with it. And I'll describe some of the things that he did after you hear it for yourself, though we'll add some context to why this was perhaps the most hilarious moment of the entire event. So, what'd you say? I don't know what, you know what, the thing about that story, it's just a mystery to me. No one was more shocked than I was. Are you serious? In the Biden White House, somebody left an eight ball of cocaine in a public. I was like, I said to my wife, that just doesn't, it's just not in character. You know, I just don't believe it. It's clearly a setup. I went right back to Marion Barry and I was like, somebody set you up. I'm serious. It was, you know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> it was so, can I, I'll stop with it. That was my favorite story of all time. <laughs> because it just explains all the behavior. It really does. I mean, I worked in the media business for my whole life, so I, I know what the behavior looks like. But it's like crazed and grandiose. I've got a plan. You're not going to believe it. It's unbelievable. It's going to totally work. What we're going to do is we're gonna totally rearrange everything, okay? We've been doing things a certain way for a long time, okay? And it's worked, but I've got a better plan. And that's their entire approach. <laughs> so I just gotta tell you, if, and if you have, if you can get access to the video, you, you should. It's right at the end of Tucker Carlson's speech at Turning Point Action two weeks ago, West Palm Beach. But those pauses where people were just cracking up laughing as Tucker was escalating, he was completely mocking a cocaine head. He'd, he, as he was getting louder and he'd have that pause and he'd, he'd, you know, roll his hand across his face and across his nose and sniff. And he was just looking exactly like a Coke user and just getting so into it. And that's why it was so hilarious. And then, then at the end, that laugh, that Tucker laugh, just right at the end and mic drop, he just walked off the stage. There were no closing remarks. There was nothing else. I think he realized I have hit the pinnacle of this. Uh, what seemed like kind of a contemporaneous speech or extemporaneous. He didn't have it written down that I could see. And uh, it was absolutely the best. And the young people there, so energized, so turned on and um, so committed, so committed to the future of this country, so committed to um, pushing back on what we, my generation, uh, probably your generation, the generation a decade ahead of us, have allowed this country to become. And I, I'm happy to own that responsibility. I certainly wasn't paying attention. I certainly, I, I now, I we monitored our kids' schools. We did not wind up with brainwashed kids. We battled with the schools on certain things and won. Being a lawyer can help in that regard, but. Um, we're, we're in a bad spot and that's why it's so very important to, uh, you know, ignore the babbling nonsense about Trump, about January 6th, about all of the, the, the reasons that we've got to, you know, find a new way. We've got to, we got to get 
we got to get Tim Scott in there because he's willing to get along with everybody. And listen, I've met him. I've sh- shook, shaken his hand. I've watched him uh, in person give speeches. Incredibly likable. Might not even make a bad president, but we need warriors right now. We need people that are willing to call out the deep state, call out the duplicity, call out the criminal activity, call out the out-of-control spending, the enriching. I mean, Biden, the Biden crime family has set the standard for enriching themselves. I don't think they've made nearly as much money as Nancy Pelosi. She appears to have gotten rich on stock trades, insider stock trades. It took this Congress to come along and pass a rule that says you can't do that anymore. But to take advantage of their positions, vice president, 40 years, you know, decades in the United States Senate. And now we're finally getting to the bottom of why he's got multiple estates and lives like a multi multi millionaire. Senators even now make under $200,000 or right in that range a year. Now that's good money, but you don't get three estates out of it. You don't get private jets out of it. You don't fly your, your crackhead son around on private jets on a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. They're millionaires. That clip I played before from 2019 when the media came in and said, no evidence has been found that Hunter Biden broke any laws or his father. And they mentioned hundreds of thousands of dollars. We're now into the millions, the tens of millions. Just incredible. This corruption and these young people have had it. They're done with it. So I am not impressed by candidates who go out and tell me how they're going to go along to get along. And Ron DeSantis is somewhat, you know, best governor in America, I think. But has he been consistent in his principles? Governor Ron DeSantis reversed course on Wednesday, announcing a statewide order to stay at home. I'm going to be doing an executive order today uh, directing all Floridians to limit movements and personal interactions outside the home. As far as me taking action to put a shelter in place there in Minnehaha and Lincoln counties, I will not be doing that today. South if Dakota. People see a pub or restaurant and it's packed to the rafters. Uh, that's just cut and dry. And that's not just an innocent mistake. And so I told him no tolerance for that. Just suspend the license. What I did, though, was tell my people the truth. I gave them personal responsibility over decisions for their family's public health, but also gave them the flexibility they needed to keep their businesses open, take care of their employees and their customers. The message, I think, for spring breakers is that the party's over in Florida. Um, You're not going to be able to congregate on any beach in the state. We're talking about the Sturgis Bike Rally, and that has been labeled for almost a year as a super spreader event, which was an absolute lie. We are excited about hosting the rally, though, because it's a great opportunity for us to invite people to the state. Christy Nome, South Dakota, contrasted against Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, who flipped on Ukraine. Ron DeSantis, who's been taking the big donor money, while Donald Trump raising his record millions, tens of millions, was 70-something, I think, by small donors. Average donor, $37, did I read? I think so. Oh, man. 
you can't say DeSantis is not a fighter. He has stood up and done so much in the state of Florida. But did he ruin his long-term prospects by coming out too soon? By not taking a pass this time around, focusing on Florida, staying loyal to the person who got him the job. These things have consequences. And this MAGA movement, this change in the Republican Party is not having it. I could feel it. Even the people that I was with this week at the Brown Palace Hotel for the uh, Western Region fly-in of the RNC got to attend a good chunk of that myself. And uh, people aren't having it. So this is going to be an election like no other. So important that we get organized. We get uh, precincts under control. We get people rowing in the same direction. Do you think the establishment is going to back down and let that happen? I think not. But we shall see. Haven't been paying attention to the time yeah, 646, we need to take a break. 303-696-1971, phones have been very quiet. Where are you? I'm here. Dave Williams joins us at the top of the hour on 710 KNUS. Everything around me. Yeah, these songs have such a different meaning when you have a life-altering event. But that guitar solo was worth playing for you. So I hope you enjoyed that. And welcome back. 303-696-1971. People, Randy, I love you're there. Just can't call right now. But thank you. We're here. And that's absolutely fine. I love to monologue. Believe you me. It is absolutely fine. I said no to Ron DeSantis specifically because of his large donors. Another texter says... And uh, I guess I ought to play the second piece of this because it, as we went into the break, I was playing DeSantis juxtaposed against Christy Nome during the COVID lockdowns. Uh, Christy, by the way, Christy Nome, Governor Nome, is inviting uh, professionals and laborers, um, technicians, all kinds of people to South Dakota with no or next to non-existent um, taxes and uh, bonuses. They're accepting out-of-state credentials, I understand, because her state is growing so fast they can't get enough workers to keep it alive and well. But uh, let's just hear the last of this uh, contrast between Ron DeSantis during COVID and Christy Nome during COVID. Every single beach uh, will have to abide by the CDC guidelines. No more than 10 people. You have to be socially distant. And I think we've all recognized that recently with the CDC that they changed their opinions and their guidance based on political pressure at different times. So my message is the vaccines protect you, get vaccinated, and then live your life as if you're protected. We believe that COVID vaccination should be a choice. And we don't believe that people should be divided into two different classes, those that are vaccinated and those that are not vaccinated. The bars are closed, so you're not going to have a place to congregate there. So we would just tell those folks, you know, maybe come back next year when things are better. Uh, but that is not what we're looking for here in the state of Florida. We did not shut down our economy, our businesses, our churches, and we did not tell people who was essential and who was not. This is not the business of government. This is not the business of government. So many of these candidates, and sometimes this can include President Trump, need to remember to ask that very first question. Is this the proper role of government? 
Second, is it constitutional? And third, will it advance society? Will it make things better for more people if we're going to actually take this action? But so many skip over the very first part. Is this the proper role of government? My old friend, former state rep, Justin Everett, uh, always asked those questions. Used to have him on the phone all the time on the phone uh, from during his service in the state legislature. Uh, and we'd have him on the radio show when I was doing a regular morning show. And he, he just hadn't slept because he was actually reading the bills and he would just work himself to the bone. But he always started with the first primary question. Is this the proper role of government? Then is it a constitutional exercise of that power? And then and only then do you get to the policy. I really admired and respected that from him. Quick side note here, since we only have a couple of minutes, uh, I, I know you guys are listening. Text messages have been pouring in. People are apologizing for being unable to call. Joan says people are out drinking. <laughs> now stop it. Uh, yeah, we're listening in Highlands. Yeah, thank you. Um, this is a, a quick change of pace, and maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, prep it with this very short clip. Uh, listen carefully, and then I'll explain. Hey guys, it's been about 24 hours since I got my second Moderna shot right there. And as you can see, there's no coloring, no rash, no bumps, a tiny bit of muscle soreness, but that's it. I, no other side effects. And while I realize vaccines can be different for um, everyone, I would just leave you with this. Get the damn shot. All right, guys, five o'clock in the great state of Same Arizona. Uh, <laughs> I feel like shit from that Moderna round two, but no regrets whatsoever. I'm super happy I got the vaccine because this is nothing compared to what it was when I had COVID. So, like I said, no regrets. A Democrat activist from New Mexico uh, promoting the jab, then got himself boosted even after he had COVID. So he had the jab, got COVID. And decided it was a good idea to go get a booster, even though the jab didn't keep him apparently from getting COVID. And we learned, of course, that those were all lies, that it would prevent COVID. Remember how the CDC changed its stories, changed its parameters, changed its descriptions of what vaccines and vaccinations actually are. 40 years old. That was a video from the Twitter feed. Died suddenly. Healthy, strong, buff dude who worked out, clearly. Just died. Just died. And I wanted to play it, and I haven't, you know, he wasn't hit by a car. The family has not said why he died. The police have said we don't suspect any foul play. 40-year-old, at least twice vaccinated, probably more. Um, don't. I'm not saying for sure that's what happened, but I'm just setting the stage for LeBron James' son. LeBron James' son apparently an incredibly talented basketball star very likely well very possibly won't be able to continue to play because his dad the high pressure wag his finger look down his nose well he's very tall so he probably has to do that anyway but intentionally 
uh, you know, bragging all these sports figures bragging about you don't get the vax for yourself. You do it for everybody else around you. His son suffered cardiac arrest. He has myocarditis. Even the CDC admits that the vaccine has increased the risk of myocarditis in young men. It's so tragic. And when you hear that contrast between a DeSantis who was shutting beaches and shutting bars and a Christy Noem who said this is not the proper role of government, people need to decide. We're giving information. We're letting our people decide. We've got a long, long, long way to go. But yeah, Bronny James, he didn't die. But I wonder what his dad thinks now about the so-called vax. Simply unbelievable. All right, we're going to change directions and speak with the chair of the Colorado State, Colorado State GOP, Dave Williams, who I was with several days this week about this controversial Bonniewell Amendment, Amendment 7, since the vote is coming up this Saturday at the Republican State Central Committee meeting. And I'm your National Committee man, and you are the Republican Activists. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.